0: Okay, so I'm going to uh, take just a minute. We're not going to do Romans this morning. I wanted to leave plenty of time for Tori. Uh, but I do want to speak to you from Hebrews 12. Um, and very simply from these, from three verses, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, what I want to tell you is don't quit. Very simple message. Endure. Don't stop. Uh, Israel last week, uh, at some point in the service, said, um, we're, we are a room full of broken people. Do you remember that? That really touched me. That's an important—so so let's not assume for a minute that we're, we're, no one in this room wants to quit running their race. And so that's the thrust of this text, is uh, we endure in the faith for the joy of following Christ. I just want to read these three verses, and then we'll discuss it. And look at what it says, and hopefully get some encouragement from it. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted so we need to kind of and give you some context to understand because he says there there's this great cloud of witnesses like what's that about is this like uh you know in in the lion king when the you know the stars turn into like dead people that have gone before or like in star wars where the you know dead guys appear and tell him what to do what's going on here with this cloud of witnesses well if you just go back a chapter to chapter 11 right before this you get this amazing list of heroes of the faith that are listed out for you one after another after another saying these are people that, that ran this race ahead of you, and they did it successfully, and we'll define what that means in a second, but they did it well, and they are now in some sense um, stand, sitting around you like in a coliseum. So if you imagine a marathon runner um, beginning and maybe ending their race right there in the coliseum, and it's full of these people that have gone before. Abraham, for example, is in that list. It says that he believed God so totally that even though he never saw with his own eyes what God had promised him, he, he looked ahead and by faith acted as if or believed in God so completely that it was as if it was present. That's what faith does. It looks ahead and says, God promised me this. I'm going to so trust God that it's as good as done right now. You're taking what's in the future and bringing it right into the present. And he says that's what Abraham did, and he endured in his life all the hardships because of that thing. He believed God was going to do what he said he would do. I want to read you a few lines from chapter 11 here because it's astounding. We're told of lots of believers, quote, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And the question is, why and how did they endure all of that? How did they do it? It tells us that they looked ahead to what God had promised, trusting that it was good as it done and that it would make their endurance small in comparison. Like whatever it is I'm going through right now, I can look ahead and I can see there's a promise. And when I get that promise, it's going to be so awesome that it's going to make all this pain worth it. So I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to quit. So this great cloud of witnesses is this list of people that believed God. We could also, I think by implication, say it's also everybody living who is running their race well. It's the people in this room who would say to you, Keep going. It's worth it. Witnesses testify, right? What do they testify to? These witnesses testify that the joy of the reward that is coming makes the endurance of this present pain more than worth it. So the author of Hebrews is giving us a really helpful metaphor. I don't know if you caught it. It's the idea of running a race, and we're all running a race, and it's a long-distance race. It's not a sprint. This race is not casual. Running is painful. I don't know if you've ever If you're a runner, I am not. I don't run unless something's chasing me. But I find it painful. <laughs> it's not easy. There's effort. You can't run and relax at the same time. It takes effort, exertion. It's not casual. It's not a matter of winning our race so much as finishing. And that's the thing that's in the metaphor. This metaphor acknowledges that this race takes a lot of effort, and the Christian life is not without effort. Have you noticed? Following Jesus is hard. We are a room full of broken people. Every one of us has a thing that makes the race hard to run. It's strenuous activity full of blood, sweat, and tears, but it's a worthy effort. So the primary command of this text is run that race with Endurance, don't stop. This reminded me of a story. I've, this old story before I was born, 1968. You may the, the, don't raise your hand if you remember this guy. Let's do it. Who was? Who remembers the Olympics of 1968? Raise your hand. Nobody. One. I got. I got two. Sweet. Which one was that? Where was that? That was in Mexico City. Oh yeah. 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 You remember? All right, so John Stephen Akwari was a marathon runner from Tanzania in Africa who regularly finished marathons in two and a half hours, which is pretty good. He had no problem qualifying for the Olympics. The problem was that in 1968, the Olympics were in Mexico City and not way down the mountain in Africa, and the altitude was brutal. And he had never run a marathon at that altitude. And so when he, in his first race, when he took off, he immediately was having trouble breathing. And he began, his legs started cramping up, like brutally cramping up. Imagine running a marathon while your legs cramp up. And he started having trouble. He was wheezing, he was having a hard time breathing, and his legs are cramping up, which caused him to get tangled up with some other runners right near at the beginning of the race, and he fell, dislocated his knee, scraped up his leg, and injured his shoulder. Now he's got a dislocated knee, cramping leg, scrapes, and a messed up shoulder, and he can't breathe. Now, if I'm him, I'm tapping out. I'm like, well, That was a nice race. I think I made it around the first bend of the race. I'm good. I came. I saw. I'm going back home where I can win races. But he doesn't do that. He just kept running. And in fact, he finished the marathon, but he was dead last. There's this, this wonderful picture, brutal picture I have in my mind of him coming because most of the people had left. It was an hour after everyone else the last runner imagine this the last guy or I guess you could say the second to the last finisher had finished an hour before him and most of the people had left and he's running by himself this is not the wonderful story you see where somebody comes out of the stands and grabs him and carries him to the end he runs by himself with a dislocated knee and a messed up body and he finishes And in an interview later on, a reporter asked him, quote, why didn't you quit when you were hurt and bruised, bloody, and discouraged? Why didn't you quit? His answer was, quote, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Now, isn't that something? This is what the Christian life looks like. We imagine that it's going to be like a gazelle effortlessly leaping across the plain to glory. We imagine it's going to be like every other time we've done anything where we finish the marathon in two and a half hours without any trouble. And all of a sudden, we start to follow Jesus, and he takes us up to a place where we've never been before. I didn't train for this. I wasn't ready for this. I didn't know you were going there, Jesus. And we find that it's difficult, and we fall, and we get scraped, and we dislocate our knee, and we cramp up when he can't breathe. It's hard. Some of y'all coming in here every week pretending like everything's fine, but your legs all busted, and you're, weak. I'm good, it's a great week, bless God, Right? It's a race full of moments of graceful speed sometimes and others of cramping legs, lost stamina, etc. Maybe you imagine that everybody else in the room is a gazelle and you're the one loser who can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. That's a lie too. For Akwari, it was his countrymen that sent him that helped him endure, and this is what this great cloud of witnesses does for us. Not only the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, but everybody in the church presently is saying, run, don't quit. I know your leg's busted, but don't quit. It's worth it. Witnesses testify. So then he goes on. It's like, so this is the, the big idea is run with endurance. The question might be, well, how?" I feel like I'm just falling all over the place. How do I... How do I make this easier? He says, um, "Throw off every encumbrance of everything that gets in the way that slows you down from pursuing Jesus: every love, every activity, every desire, every distraction, every sin." This is a really interesting phrase. It talks about weight and sin. And there's a, little, there's a subtle distinction between those two that I think is actually really helpful, because you can um, a, a sin is a kind of weight, okay? So not every weight is a sin, but every sin is a weight. This reminds me of when I was a kid in my school, they had a dress code where every guy had to wear pants. And so I wore jeans because that's more comfortable and less nerdy than other things. So I'd wear jeans and I often would forget my clothes for dressing out for PE because that's just what I do. I forget my dress out clothes. So you either sit out PE, or you have to just play with your jeans on. Anyone ever try to do this before? When it's 90 degrees outside and you're running around a basketball court with a heavy denim jeans on, and what happens? They get sweaty. They get sticky. They, suddenly they weigh like 30 pounds. And you're running around and you're chafing, and the inside of your legs are all red because it's just rubbing. They were not meant for running, they were meant for you know casual chilling out pants. These are not running pants. It's misery. And this is what weight and sin is. That's what he's describing. He's saying, what are you doing running your race with heavy jeans on? Soggy, wet, sticky jeans. And so a weight might be um, something like maybe how much attention you give to your phone. May not be sin. May not be able to find a verse that says, "You know, if you spend more than an hour, it's sin; less than an hour, it's fine." But the question is: Is it helping you? Is it helping you? Is it lightening your load in your race, or is it making it heavier? Or maybe the attention you give to your career, or your bank account, or your home where you live, or your friends, or your boyfriend, girlfriend, your hobbies, etc. You wouldn't call them sin, but it's getting in your way. It's making it harder to run. It's making it harder to focus on the things that God would have you focus on. Or it might be actually your lack of attention to certain things. Maybe a lack of attention to your career is causing your life to be more difficult, and you need to learn how to be a better employee so you're stable and you can actually do the things God wants you to focus on. Maybe it's a lack of attention on your family, or your spouse, or your friends, or your church, etc. That might be an impediment. And you might be saying to yourself, it's fine because it's not sin. And I think what this text clearly says is, it's not just about sin, it's about running. And running hard, and running with endurance. And anything in your life that is weighing you down and making that harder, throw it off because the point is the race but then there's also the kind of weight that is sin historically the church has divided sin into two categories i think this is helpful sins of commission sins of omission a sin of commission would be doing things that god forbids omission would be refusing to do the things that god commands we have both in our life right god says do this and you're like i don't want to He says, do this you say i don't want to we can be passive and still be sinning. And then, commission would be God says, Don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't look at that. And you say, I think I'm going to. <laughs> You're actively sinning. They're both sin. Sin is always embedded in a lie. Sin comes with a deception every time. And it says. In the context of our race metaphor, hey, put this on, it'll help. Hey, try it on, it's great. Everybody else who's running is wearing this. You put it on. And you're going, but God said don't wear that. But it'll help you. And you put it on, and you find that it's this sticky, heavy thing that weighs you down and makes you think about, maybe I should just quit. This is too hard. I can't carry this. It's too hard. Maybe I should stop. Maybe my knee is too messed up. Maybe I should just quit. This is what sin does to us. It comes with a lie. It says it'll be better if you take this on. And then when you take it on, you realize it was the worst mistake you could make. Why do we attempt to follow Christ with the weighty impediments and sin that he describes? Why do we do it? There's no need to carry these things that drain your joy and compromise your faith. You don't have to. If you are in Christ, you actually don't have to carry those things around. You have a choice. Then he says, um, how do we throw this stuff off? Well, the main thing is, what are you looking at? First, he describes Jesus, right? Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. That's how Jesus endured. What joy was he looking at? His, I think two things. One is his glorification sitting at the right hand of the Father, he talks about. But also, he's redeeming you. His reward is us. That's pretty cool. It's not just him going, boy, this will be over soon. It's him saying, I'm going to be glorified, I'm going to be with the Father, I'm going to please the Father, I'm glorifying the Father, but you know what else I get to do is I get to bring all these people with me. And his reward is the church, just like it is his glorification with Jesus. Look at verse 2 again. He says, right before verse 3, it says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Then verse 2, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So what does it mean that he is the founder and perfecter of of our faith? This just means he's the beginner or the originator and he's the one who completes it. And whose faith is it? It's yours. So whatever faith you have to believe God that what he has promised he will do and that it will be worth it comes originally from him. And who sustains it in your heart? Not you, him. He is the beginning and the end of your faith. So if you put this inside the race metaphor, Jesus, is not, Jesus not only ran his race, he ran your race. So he's not just a model that we look to go, oh, he was really great at running. He's a great marathon runner. I too will be a wonderful marathon runner, and I'll run just like him. Well, you're, you're the one falling all over themselves behind Jesus on the track with a cramped up leg. You're not, Jesus is the gazelle leaping through. And you are the one shuffling behind him going, hey, hold up, hold up, hold on, I'm getting there. So Jesus ran his race. He also has run our race. We are running, but he has determined that despite the pain of running, and I would say also because of the pain, through the pain, we will finish, guaranteed. So we won our race looking forward not to just one day this will be over, that's part of it. When you die and see him face to face, the pain will be over. And that's a wonderful hope. But our hope is more than that. Because the prize is not your rest. The prize is Jesus. The ultimate prize is Jesus at the finish line. But you know what else? He's also running with you. He's not waiting, tapping his foot, wondering when you're going to get it together and finish. He says, I've run your race already. Every single step, I have run ahead of you. Every single thing, pain you've experienced, every temptation you've experienced, I have run through it as you, ahead of you. And now I am standing with you, and it is my endurance in you. My faith is being completed in you, and I will carry you to the finish line. That's what it means to run your race. And this is the joy that Jesus look to and it is joy we look to and it's what helps us to endure he is both the reason we run and he is the destination of our running you're not running on your own steam under your own power just waiting for it all to end that is not the christian life the christian life is hard it's full of effort and exertion, and bumps, and bruises, but the finish is guaranteed, and the endurance is in him, not in you. So it says Jesus is seated now at the right hand of the Father in the place of honor. Ephesians 2.6 says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. How cool is that? So he's there, but we're also there because we're in Christ. If you're a Christian, that's where you are. This is the race we're running if you're in Christ and your race has already been run ahead of you. So I just want to join in this morning with the cloud of witnesses. I'm not dead yet, but I'm counting myself among them. And I want to bear witness to you, whatever your race is like right now, no matter how hard or maybe you're right now, you're doing great. And you got your second wind and it feels like you're on top of the world and you're that gazelle leaping across the African plain without a care in the world and everything's fine. But, you know, most of us got busted knees, messed up shoulders. And we're thinking, today, am I going to endure or not? And I want to tell you, don't quit. God didn't bring you all this way to just start the race. He brought you all this way to finish. And he will finish it for you, or he has finished it for you, and he will finish with you. Whatever you're laying down, whatever weight or sin you are having to throw off, it's worth the loss of that thing in order to run with endurance. This is, we're going to sing a song in just a second. I want to encourage you to take that this time to kind of let the Holy Spirit rummage around in your heart. And maybe as Tori was describing, there's something in your past that's this shameful thing that is like a weight around your neck as you're trying to run your race. Or maybe there's some just some thing in your life that you're doing that you're carrying around that's maybe not sin it's fine but you're just distracted and it's not helping you throw it off maybe there's some sin you're involved in right now and you're like man i just this is killing me i gotta deal with this i want to encourage you to bring those things before jesus this morning and just say this is repentance it's saying i'm throwing this thing off at the feet of jesus This is not mine to carry. I don't want it anymore. I'll lay it down because I want to run as fast and as hard as I can to the destination God has called me to. So let's stand up together and pray. Holy Spirit, I ask you to search us, search our hearts, search our lives right now. God, that we would live in obedience to this command to throw off every weight and sin that slows us down. God, deliver us from the shame that makes us wear clothes that don't fit us. Deliver us from that. God, I pray for the courage in this room to confess our sin to one another and to confess it to you. God, I pray that you would give us a, the courage to throw off things that may not be sin, but are not good for us. And God, I also pray for those here who are feel feel like they are just out of breath. God that you would lift their eyes off of the ground, off of their own brokenness. you would lift their eyes to see you. That you are both waiting at the finish line because you are the finish line. But you are also running with them. And every single step you have run in already, you have placed your feet at every step ahead of us. You now, whatever difficulty we go through in this life is worth it because of where we're running and who we're running with. So I just pray for hope and courage and strengthening for all of those who are weary. God, make us endurance runners in the faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.